This is Laughs and Littles, a conversation about friendship and faith in the midst of motherhood. Life with Littles is better when we do it together. So grab a load of laundry and join us for some laughs. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. So we did this talk for Theology on Tap on minimalism this summer. What is Theology on Tap? Doesn't everyone have that? No. That's like a diocese thing. No? It's a, I thought it was a diocese thing where it's like all the people between 20 and 30 who come together in the summer, like once a month and someone gives a talk and you bring your own beer and you do a taco truck or something. Cool. So I was super excited also because I was like the only woman who was asked to talk in a while. The person who talked after me was also a woman. So I was like, cool, they're getting more women. (laughs) So I'll tell you all, I haven't told you about it because we were just going to talk about it here. I told you like my thesis line, but because the summer series was like finding Jesus in, in unexpected places. Like someone was like how they found Jesus in social media or through atheism or through grief. And so they were like, how did you find Jesus through minimalism? I was like, I don't know. Let me think about that. (laughs) So like minimalism and minimalism in prayer, which doesn't mean like praying less. So think of thinking of the word in the word minimum, meaning like just enough, nothing more and nothing less. And actually with regards to prayer, I recently just read something of like, do not extend your prayer time just to receive consolation and do not shorten it just because it's dry. Pray like what the Lord is asking you to pray. I was like, wow, interesting. Cause we always just think like bigger is better. <laughs> and I mean, it always, I think like, I, I think most people are like, yeah, I could pray more. And like, we always like want to pray more, but there's also something of like, pray how much the Lord is asking you to pray to him. Yeah. So like in minimalism, meaning like not getting rid of all your stuff, but having what is like right for you and just enough for you and your vocation. So in thinking a lot of like about like what is your vocation and how like it's a moral. So it's like it's a moral virtue to declutter. This is actually like a scary for topic for people. I could like sense in the crowd as I was like getting more into nitty gritty stuff, like people are very self-conscious about their stuff and they're instantly like, Ooh, like I have too much stuff. And you're like, I didn't even say anything. (laughs) I don't even know you. Like I don't even, it's fine (laughs) because I think we all know we have too much stuff. So, so I was saying it's a moral virtue to do clutter, to have the patience to decide like when and how to buy things. Or like we talked about with our shopping episode, like just taking a huge step back from buying things altogether. So that's, that's all good. That's a virtue, but minimalism done well is a Christian virtue. So like the guys who did the minimalism documentary on Netflix, like they want all good things of not living with consumerism and spending more time with people. Like those are all moral virtues, but then on the side of it being a Christian virtue, I would define it there as minimalism as being 
a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. So with any virtue, it's, it's a process and it's a skill and it's a lifestyle. And I think one big issue with minimalism is people like want it to be one and done. And I wanted it to be one and done. I feel like when I first started like minimizing things, I was like, I did it. <laughs> like I, I swept through the house, like it's done, but we're always changing. And the more kids you have, like sizes are always changing and seasons are changing and what people like is changing. And so like you, it, it, it's, it's constantly, and what you like is changing. So it's a process and it's, it's gotta be just like all the time. Oh yeah. I talked about it. I don't know if I regret this or not. I, I was trying to come up with <laughs> I was trying to come up with examples. And I'm trying to like, these are people who are like 20 to 30. Most of them don't have kids. The ones that do have kids have like one baby. So they are like still in like the wedding phase of their life. And so I kind of I kind of like to shock people. I that's like one of my things for sure. I get it from my dad. It's cool. So I have this story. I gave away my wedding dress. <laughs> to a friend and which was like, I mean, my wedding dress was $200. It was like gorgeous. It was my dream wedding dress. It was 200 bucks. It just like happened to be really cheap at David's bridal and like not a big deal. And I borrowed my veil from my sister. And anyway, and like I spent like 30 bucks with like a storage bag, you know, cause it was like, that's what you do. You like store it just like in thinking about like how our priorities change and like what we want change. Like one day I realized like, I'm not going to wear this again. And I had a friend who kind of like needed a wedding dress and I was like, take my wedding dress. <laughs> they were doing like a really small kind of just family kind of wedding anyway. But like later two people were kind of like, Oh, I don't want to get rid of my wedding dress. I was like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> like I've also been married eight years. Like it's, well, at that point I'd only been married like two years, but anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, the point being that like our priorities do change and what we want does change. So when we think about decluttering, it's really, really hard. And I do think we need to like give ourselves a minute to just like give ourselves a break of how hard it is because it's not, it's it's not just deciding what to get rid of. That's hard in and of itself because you have to decide whether or not you need it, which involves actually knowing what you have, taking stock, trusting your gut. But once you've like made that decision, then you have to decide what to do with it. Do you have to, is it like, is it broken? Do I have to throw it away? Am I going to fix it? Do I give it to a friend? Goodwill. Do I sell it? Do I throw it away? Do I store it? So that's like, <laughs> and then, then you have to like do that third thing of whatever it is. If it's Goodwill, then you actually have to like take it to Goodwill or like post it on by nothing and coordinate the pickup. So it, it is like a lot of steps. It's not as easy as like pointing to things and they just like disappear. So <laughs> it's a lot of steps and you like bewitched. It's a lot of steps and it's a skill. And I think that's something that a, a lot of people I. I think is like kind of a resisting of just like, oh, I'm just not good at that. Or just like, it doesn't come easily to me to be organized or it's just not easy for me to be a minimalist because I like my stuff so much. But it is a skill because you're constantly practicing this act of judging your stuff. Mm. The ruthless editor. 
Yes. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we're all like about not judging people. And of course, but like judge your stuff. Think of yourself as you are the CEO of your life, whether you are single, married, priestly vocation, like, like should be living out your vocation to the fullest, but you are the CEO. You are the, you're the like earthly boss of your life. Yes. Jesus is the boss of you, blah, blah, blah. But like you're, you're the CEO, like be in charge of your stuff, be in charge of your life. And think of yourself when you wake up as if you had like a hundred assistants coming to like assist you, get ready for your morning, get ready for your day, get ready to like serve the people around you. Cause we're all here to serve. We're all serving people, no matter what vacation we're at. So everything should be like a little tiny, like assistant. And if you had an assistant that was like bad at their job, you would fire them. <laughs> so I, I, when we moved here, I bought like a new toothbrush holder. I think of that as minimalism, minimalism as well, even though it meant I was like buying something new, but we legitimately needed like a much bigger toothbrush holder to hold all of our stuff. We have like all this stuff in our toothbrush routine. And I was like, oh my gosh, this toothbrush holder like helps me in my vocation. Like it makes this task. I mean, I just, but I've totally given that task to Alex. Now he does it all. I'm like, so done by the end of the day. And I've totally allocated toothbrushing to him. <laughs> but when I was still doing it, I was like, this makes my vocation easier. <laughs> said tonight, this is the worst part of my whole day. <laughs> have somehow gotten Alex. I mean, it's really sweet. I mean, it's whatever, whatever works to get them to brush their teeth. With the code laughs and littles 10, you can get 10% off your entire purchase at choosewife.com. In their fall collection, they've got a lot of beautiful things. And one that stood out to me was the seven sorrows gemstone rosary. Mm. Our lady of sorrows feast day is in the fall. And mm. this rosary has like you follow Mary through her seven sorrows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this beautiful black, mm-hmm. like jet black rosary. So I was like, this could be cool, a cool mm-hmm. gift for someone who's grieving or going through mm-hmm. a really hard time of like walking with Mary mm-hmm. and then having this, these promises that she gives, um, like I will grant peace to their families. It's like a beautiful devotion. Yeah. Fast and Little's 10 for 10% off. He sits down on the bathroom floor on the rug and they like put their heads in his lap and he will like floss and brush that upside down because they think it's fun. And I think it's I like when they were trying to do that with me, I was like, no, I can't. Your sexuality is good, holy, and beautiful. If that doesn't feel true, you're in the right place. We believe Jesus knows your sexual brokenness and is inviting you to wholeness. We hope to bring you that invitation every week as we explore topics from friendship to fantasy, loneliness to lust, and more. We are dedicated to helping you connect your struggle to your story and your story to God, because every bit of you is sacred by design. (laughs) Sit down. Yeah. Why does it suck so much? (laughs) I can't. Zaylee just like, is like, makes this dance of it. And then I like finally get her in the right position. Then she's like, I have to blow my nose. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cece gets like 10 seconds in and then she's like, actually, I want to sit over here. Yeah. Actually, I want to yeah. sit over here. That's what Zaley does. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm like, have you in this headlock? Don't leave. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yes. And uh, one thing that I got rid of this summer was this like kid drum that we had. And I was thinking about it of like when, cause I had like two friends that I met when Clara was like six month old that were part of my life in San Diego for the first two years of her life that I like consider my tribe there. And we all had like the same playroom with the same toys. <laughs> And it's because it was our first kid and we were all receiving the same toys from our like boomer parents, like boxes that stack, a jack in the box, a drum, good night moon, all the same books, all the same. <laughs> and I've had this drum for like six years and my kids just like fight about it and sit in it. I've just like made a rule for myself that I get rid of things that they weaponize. So like half our toys. <laughs> And, but like trying to, you know, say like, it took me six years to realize that we don't use this and that it's being like actually misused. And like, it's never, it's never too late. Sometimes I, you know, we've talked about this with like toy purging, you know, involving the kids oftentimes, sometimes it just has to go and um, like secretly. And then sometimes it can go publicly and you just like have to tell them, we're getting rid of this because you guys fight over it. It's just gone. Like, I'm not mad at you. It's just gone. <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely identify as a minimalist and I feel like I get a lot more like jabs about it than anything else. Like people, they get really defensive if I mention it or something like that, or people get on the offensive and they're like, oh, cause like you must not be that sentimental. So, which I just like find super interesting that it's kind of like a trendy thing to be minimalist, but it's also, some people are very like threatened by it. And the whole point is that like, it's not, we're not all trying to have our house look like Marie Kondo. We're trying to have our house be right for us, my vocation and my life and my marriage and my kids and my house. I did have like a really good conversation with some family members a few years ago of like, I, I am sentimental. I consider myself to be super sentimental. I keep like the things that I love. Like I have clothes from my childhood and like notes from students. I have like my kids' hospital badges, my wedding invitation. Like I have stuff, but it's, it's like stored well, or it's displayed well, or it's used well, which is how all of our stuff be. It should be in one of those three categories. And this virtue is about just enough. Mm. You know, when thinking more about like how to think about this whole like we're the master or CEO of our things, I think it's the best to think about like our mornings. So it's like you go through your morning thinking about what types of things are helping you. And we all, you know, we all want our mornings to be productive. We all wake up and then we have like a hundred decisions to make. We have to pick like which coffee mug for a tea, which pants, which shirt, which bag, which kind of goes into your, your minimalism thing of your clothes where you don't have to worry about 
matching stuff because everything kind of goes together. Where's my charger? Where, like, there's literally a hundred decisions that we make either consciously or subconsciously. They're not important decisions, but things have to be done. There's like all this science. I don't have a bibliography for it, but of how like when you've used, you've used up like all your energy on those like first 100 unimportant decisions of the day, you've like used up so much of your brain power for making the harder decisions in your life. So I'm thinking if you like, not that you only should have one coffee mug or one pair of pants, but the simpler that things are, the easier these decisions will become. And the more that your stuff isn't mastering you and it's not taking more time from you than you deserve. Alex's journey with minimalism has been very different from mine, but he's, he's much more of a minimalism minimalist with his clothes. And he, you know, he was teaching middle school last year and all the kids had uniform and he just like created for himself a uniform because he was like, I don't want to think, have to think about what I'm going to wear. And he had students asking him like, why do you wear that every day? <laughs> like they thought it was so weird. And he was like, cause I can. <laughs> and when he was, um, you know, we put national guard on hold, but, uh, when he was in the more direct application process, we were there at the army office and he was like, this is so great. Like everyone's wearing a uniform. <laughs> I love this, you know, and that's like, not me. That's not you. Like, that's not what we want. But like for him, that was awesome. Cause he was like, I have so many more important things to think about. Like, I don't want to <laughs> think about. So it's all like, it's going to be different for everyone. But the point being that like your stuff is here to help you work. It's here to help you rest and it's here to help you have fun. And we got rid of code names because we are stuck at it and it was just making us angry. Like we were literally not having fun at the end. <laughs> so I was like, this is gone. It's not serving us. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> so first step, I think, and this is like not my concept. This is from years of listening to minimalist moms and fantastic guests come on there. But um, starting with the bathroom, because people are very, at the end of my talk, they asked me to do like, like a spiritual question for people to discuss and a practical question. So my practical question was like, I want you to think about like one area, one corner, one drawer that tomorrow you could spend 10 minutes decluttering just like one. So my advice is start with the bathroom. It's the least sentimental room in the bathroom. And I've heard it said that like, if you declutter your bathroom, you will feel the results instantly. Like your routine will be instantly quicker and simplified. And that's like the smallest room. So you will like feel the shift very easily. So like you start with the bathroom and then the kitchen and then like on and on and on. And then the very last thing you do are your sentimental items like two years later, <laughs> like you build up that skill. So starting with the bathroom. So anyway, this was my question for people to discuss. And I literally had this guy come up to me and he was like, I don't understand this question. <laughs> it's like, oh, and he was just sweet, young, single guy trying to do this assignment, <laughs> taking it really seriously, <laughs> very, very sweetly. I was like, you know, just like one, one thing that you could like organize a cleanup and clear out tomorrow. And he was like, 
my whole room. And I was like, no, <laughs> like a sock drawer, like one drawer. He was like, okay, but my whole room is too messy. And I was like, yeah, but that's too much for one day. <laughs> Just think of what you do. Do you have one drawer? He looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> It's just like, ow, I am not around your demographic. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> no, he got it. He got it. Um, <laughs> um, but in thinking about like our stuff, everything is a burden and everything is something that has to be taken care of, which isn't a bad thing. Like kids have to be taken care of. And of course, kids are good. But everything, everything we have has to be either cleaned, maintained, or have parts replaced or uses electricity. And it, it needs to like give us more than we give it. It needs to like not cause us an undue burden or like be a master of us. Oh yeah. And then I brought Laudato C into it as, you know, Pope Francis said, we have this like throwaway culture. And how like we would rather just like buy something new than fix what we have. I support that and I love that. And I'm like always trying to fix things rather than just buy something new. But that also requires like you actually have to do it. This is like a whole nother step of like thinking about things that need to be fixed that are broken, which is like a part of minimalism. Like minimalism is such a big thing. It's this whole like virtue of taking care of what we have. And it's just like another way to clean up the brain space. So if you have like a broken bookshelf and you just like leave it and never fix it. And if you care, if you like spend time, your piano drives me bonkers, but it doesn't drive you bonkers. But <laughs> I don't understand how it's that leg is so broken um, <laughs> and it's fine and you don't care and it's fine. It doesn't bother you. If I walked past it every day, I would like try and fix it every single day and I would waste 10 seconds trying to fix it rather than just like, just go and get it fixed and be done and like, take care of it and move on. Once again, if it doesn't bother you and if it's like, you know, Jimmy, then it's fine. It's fine. The whole point is like not wasting time, spending like mental energy, thinking about things that you just like need to go and do. <laughs> now I'm thinking about my bathroom. <laughs> oh, what's what's up with your bathroom? It's it just needs a, the counter space is limited and the way we have things mm. on there is cluttered. Well, and that's hard. You have one, I mean, like us, you have one bathroom for six people, you have six people, I have five, and that is the main bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Do you store towels in there still? Mm. Or like what's in those shelves behind the mirror? It's like other toiletries and... Mm -hmm. I feel like if you were going to do anything, I don't remember what's there. I just remember there were a lot of shelves in the back that maybe could be. I know the bathroom. It's always, <laughs> it's a funny place to think about, but it, it does make a difference. So I thought this was cool in the gospel reading when Jesus feeds the 5,000. So the miracle of the loaves and fishes, he instructs the disciples to collect the leftover bread. And he could have told them like, leave it. He could have said, like, I care for the birds and the fish in the sea. You know, don't store up for tomorrow. <laughs> You'll be provided for. Like, that sounds like something Jesus would say. But he's like, don't waste it. Like, collect it. Use it well. Save it well. Give it to others. So, you know, 
minimalism meaning like use it to its correct state. And when Jesus was being prepared for his death by Mary Magdalene, you know, she poured, you know, wasted in the eyes of Judas, right? The most precious, expensive oil in his feet. And, but like Jesus knew that she was preparing his body for death and being very generous well, which we should be generous with our items that would be using it correctly. And there is no like template of like, here's a list of things you should have in your house or not. And here's where you should be generous with. But it's like taking that time to examine ourselves and asking like, am I saving well? Like, am I saving the bread? Am I taking care of the 12 baskets? Am I like pouring my oil on Jesus and using it well? And I think we talked about this in our Advent episode of just like, whenever I have the urge to shop for myself or others, taking time to just clean something really well reminds me how much I already have to take care of and clean and how grateful I am for this. And (laughs) sad. Yeah. I wrote down that last September, I spent 10 minutes cleaning my washer and dryer and how grateful I am for it. And now my washer and dryer that I have at this new house suck. (laughs) I miss that washer and dryer. Every load of my dryer, I have to do it again. We're talking about getting a new one because it's wasting energy (laughs) and my time. Anyway. Yes. So the virtue of minimalism as being free from needing so much clutter builds into this deeper Christian virtue of habitual and firm disposition to do the good. So in thinking about spontaneity, that's something that our culture really loves. We love the idea of like freedom and spontaneity and having as many choices as we can, but having a plethora of choices is not true freedom. It's really just following then whatever our whims are in that moment. Cause it's really easy to like do things that are fun. Like it's really easy to just like stop and get that coffee or hang out and watch that movie on Netflix. Like those are really easy things to do like that. That's not really just like being spontaneous and fun. That's allowing yourself to be driven by your whims. Having true freedom is or one way to describe it is like deciding what you want and your plan and having like the full freedom and consciousness to choose that. Like if your goal is to pray every day, then like making a plan and setting aside time so that you can be free to choose that every day, going to mass to a daily mass, making time for adoration. Like I never just on a whim want to go to adoration. Like that's not, (laughs) I I have to plan it. I told, I told father this month, I was like, this month was the first month. I was like, yeah, I don't really want to go to adoration. And I was like, that's why I'm glad Alex and I have to be there because (laughs) it was great. (laughs) Um, so, you know, the things that you've decided for your life you know, and going to the gym, like it doesn't have to be spiritual things, whatever it is that like you've decided is an important thing for your life is a value. Choosing that thing and following through with it is actually freedom to do what you want, not enslaving you to your whim. We're thinking about like, okay, with respect to our possessions, minimalism helps us narrow down what our desires are. When we have less stuff, when we 
take stock and evaluate what our priorities are when we can see more clearly what he wants of us, when we have more of a space for quiet and calmness and prayer, we can see like what the Lord is asking of us. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot with like, with, with regards to prayer, to me, I see that as a form of minimalism because I've limited my choices on where, when, and what I'm going to pray. So like (laughs) I talked about the like Netflix or Amazon prime problem where like you go to watch something, you end up spending like 40 minutes just like watching trailers (laughs) of movies. And then like you finally pick one, but now it's like been 40 minutes. And then you're just kind of like thinking about all those other movies. (laughs) Did I pick the best one? You know, (laughs) with regards to prayer, like there's also just so many things that we could pray. It can be really good to have a plan of like in the morning, I'm going to do some kind of like morning offering this. I'm going to have like prayer of gratitude. This can be like a spiritual reading that I'm going to like read and reflect on as I have time to pray in the middle of the day. This is going to be like, I'm going to pray a rosary at the end of the day. I'm going to do like an examination of conscience or like having some kind of plan and in, in a great sense, that's like minimalism because you've like chosen one thing so that you're not just avoiding prayer or sitting down and spending half your time thinking about what you should be praying <laughs> and having like a literal space to pray. Like I want to pray in like this chair or on this kneeler or on this couch, like having a set place is another way that minimalism has helped me stick to that routine of prayer, which I don't always want to do, but I know that I want to pursue my relationship with Jesus. And so when we think about, you know, doing the hard things, the things that are good and true and beautiful, you know, going to adoration, spending time with Jesus, going to the gym, cleaning out the drunk drawer, these are never going to be done on a whim (laughs) or very rarely. The thing, these are the things that are going to require the Christian virtue of minimalism, the habitual and firm disposition to do the good. So I was sweating the whole time because I'm, (laughs) um, do not consider myself a public speaker, but, um, I had two friends come out to support, which was really fun. And we were definitely the oldest ones there. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I'm at the end of this crew. (laughs) The most fun part about this though, was, I mean, just thinking about all this for myself, because, you know, just like having the time to kind of define, but to really think about it and be able to vocalize it and meeting Sophie. Sophie is the literal best. (laughs) I had, she was the one who asked me to do it. And so we got to like chat, chat about it. And then she came over to my house a month later to um, just get some feedback on this project that she was working on. And it was so fun. And I'm just like, I would so much rather hang out with one person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like the, the idea of like, oh, I'm talking to all these people is like, I would just think like if one person gets this, that's all. And just like being able to connect with her was so, so much fun. Yeah, I used to do quite a bit more public speaking than, than I do now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually found that I enjoy it, but then afterwards, yeah, would have this sense of like, 
I just put so much out there and I have no idea Mm -hmm. to what end and kind of feeling a little, the like deflated feeling instead Mm -hmm. of feeling like filled up by it. Yes. But in the moment, I enjoy it. Well, in my second discussion question was think of an area in your spiritual life that you'd like something you'd like to do. Like, do you want to start praying a daily rosary? Do you want to go to adoration once a month? Blah, blah, blah. Think about, you know, do you want to do Bible in a year podcast? Like whatever it is, like think of one thing, maybe the Lord's calling you to do and think about like how you can make that fit into your life better. And someone was like, okay, you know, like what should I be doing? Should I be like reading the Bible more, praying more, going to adoration? I was like, pick one. (laughs) (laughs) The whole point is like, just do one, you know, it's like, (laughs) just pick one thing, one drawer. (laughs) No, it's fine because it helped me. (laughs) And um, yeah, and my microphone was all messed up and it was like windy. And then at one point I was like, it was like getting all this feedback. And I looked at the mic guy after like two minutes of getting this feedback. I was like, is there something we can do about this? Like, is it? And he was like, yeah, you're standing too close to the speaker. I was like, okay, thanks for telling me. Yeah. Why didn't no one tell me? <laughs> I'm sure it was way worse in my head. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, it's cool. So it makes you think of your bathroom. Makes me think about my bathroom, but also, also like, yeah, the energy it does require. It's like, I need to write this down for when I have the energy and then I can be like, okay, yeah, this is my list. Yes. Well, it's a, it's a thing, right? We said that in the purging toy episode that you can't just do this every day. Hmm. (laughs) You can't just burn stuff every single day. You you can't just wait for the excitement to happen, but there also does come a phase in your like literal monthly cycle where you have the energy for it. And when it comes just like go. Yeah. But then you want to do your whole house. Yeah. I know. And I have <laughs> got to pace yourself. the inertia problem. <laughs> well, lately I've been better about room buying because John loves the Roomba. Does he? So in our mornings together, when everyone leaves he, now his kind of thing is like boomba ah! <laughs> <laughs> like yeah we should run the roomba <laughs> oh that's so cute and he doesn't does he like sit on it or he like leaves it alone he like he kind of leaves it alone yeah he just kind of like well kind of getting it set up and watching it and he'll kind of push it a little bit but then we'll leave it mm-hmm. but now i'm like okay it's not just keeping dust out of the house mm-hmm. it's also No, just what you said about like, it could make the grabbing for things and the routine easier. I was like, yeah, there's too much stuff on the counter, Mm. but because you're right, because it's the shared space, it's also like kid stuff that Chris is going to be looking for. I want it to not be like, so tucked away. I want it to be easier for him to find. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to take some creative, creative energy. Yeah. And with ADHD object permanence is a real big thing. So with Alex and Clara, they always say like, if they don't see it, it doesn't exist. Hmm. And I saw this clip of this like ADHD expert a while ago saying, she was like, I have smoothies every single day, every day for however long. And then one day I decided to store my 
blender in a in the cupboard and I forgot to make a smoothie. <laughs> it's like I've never had a smoothie before. Like it's gone. It's dead to me. <laughs> so we are struggling. We're going to like, okay, how do we keep it out? Because <laughs> I get you need to see it. But she has, you know, in the office, three empty drawers because everything's on the floor. <laughs> she just has to see it. <laughs> and he wants to see his clothes everywhere. <laughs> so I have to help <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, it takes a lot of creative creativity. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <sighs> what another a thing that helps me, which is I was going to say it's kind of lazy, but is knowing that we will move again in two years. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. So when we do finally settle in like a quote unquote forever home then I'll have to like really <laughs> kick it into gear. Cause like there's, there's things in the attic where I'm like, that's definitely going to go when we move. Like, I'm not going to move that mm. piece of furniture. It's like kind of broken yeah. or it's just whatever, but I don't want to deal with getting it down the stairs right now and giving it away. <laughs> so just like, I'm going to ignore that out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> I think about all the time. When we went on Minimalist Moms with Diane Bowden, we talked about crafting and storing craft supplies, and it was a great conversation. It was the time of my life. And then she asked us, what does this have to do with minimalism? And I feel like I had a, I just feel like I was not prepared for that answer. And I think about this all the time, how I messed that up. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just lives rent free in my brain of like, gosh, darn it. Because she had outlined all the questions so well. And I was like so prepared. And you had great things to say. And I, and we like balanced it. And then I just feel like I fumbled through that answer. And I'm just like, oh God. (laughs) I think about that a lot. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you now so I can let it go. This was my let it go. I professional. Let it go. Even remember that she asked us that. I was going to say that I would feel like I was not duly impressed that we were on that show when we were. And now I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe we were on that show. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a big deal. And we just kind of fumbled through there at the end. <laughs> All right. So what's your laugh of the week? I think it's John. John, I keep saying to Chris, have we had a kid do this before? <laughs> he is so attached to Chris right now. Oh. And anytime Crete, and it's hard because Chris leaves the house twice in the morning. Mm. And every time it's yeah. like John's heart is breaking. Oh. And like, <laughs> how could you do this to me? It's just this <laughs> da, da. And he'll like try to bolt out the door, the back door with him and like chase him to the back <laughs> gate. And I have to like come out and get him and carry him crying back into the house. Oh. And the other day, I wished I had my phone to take a video. He was just like crying, throwing himself against the door, just like body flailing, screaming because Chris was going to the bathroom <laughs> without him. <laughs> it's really cute and sweet and also annoying. And yeah. Loud. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny too, because like I got to sleep in on Saturday or Sunday. So he hadn't seen me in a while. And Chris like brought him in, like, it's mama. Like, you want to see mama? And he was just like, no. 
like, like you could tell that I was he was getting handed off to me. <laughs> no. Well, we hope you have a great week with lots of laughs with your littles. Bye.